Number one right there, lesson 12, understanding how to exceed each other's needs. We're going to uh, understanding initial needs. Understanding initial needs. In a second there, we're going to look at some slides that sort of break down the whole study uh, over these 11 weeks that we have brought us up to this point. Now, we basically took 10 of those weeks to look at a need that's his need, a need that's her need. One of those weeks we took... Uh, to look at the five love languages because I felt it'd be a good jumping off point for us. And I think that it was. And um, so uh, we're going to look at this. The definition first of a need is this. It's a, a necessary thing or a thing that is required. So to establish this in summary, if you, you cannot get mad at your spouse for wanting or for needing or for being upset if they're not getting one of these initial needs uh, fulfilled because it is a thing that is necessary or required for that gender. Now, since it's opposite from you, you might not get that or might not understand why that's so important to that person, but understand that it is important to that person. And obviously, if we love our spouse, then we should uh, be willing to see that that is something that they need. They're telling us that they need it. And hopefully through this study, we've understood uh, that they do need it. Let's look at these right here. These are the primary uh, five initial needs of a wife. And we're going to read some verses that you can see correspond with these because, again, the Bible has it all figured out. But you have affection, intimate conversation, honesty and openness, financial support, and family commitment. We looked at all five of those in our study uh, through these 11 weeks right here. And uh, you can probably, guys, if you look, as you peruse this list, you can kind of see, okay, well, I see where that's important. Hopefully, also, as you peruse this list, you can see uh, where you started to change some things maybe over these last two months we've had together looking at this series and hopefully it started to work out well for you. And uh, so these are uh, initial needs of a wife. And if these are not being fulfilled or met, uh, she can't stay comfortably in a situation like that uh, without irritants or without needing things to change. And so guys, these are the five that we want to really hone on in on to try to take care of. Now, I know no one likes getting put in a box. Everyone likes feeling original and stuff. So I put up their list like that. Some lady like, oh, really? Only two of those are important to me. Uh, okay, well, I don't believe that. But let's say that even that's true. Uh, then guys know what those two are and uh, help out in those things. Uh, but when you look at those there, they're, most of them are centered around love and security, right? And sort of that, that uh, temperature, as we talked about, of, of love and intimacy and security in a relationship. That is what is important uh, to a wife. Let's look at a couple of verses that will hopefully back this up. We've got Ephesians 5.25, which I believe Cody has. Is that right? Yep. Okay. It says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Okay, good. So quickly looking at that verse, we'd see, okay, not only does it give us, okay, you should love your wife. And so, oh yeah, well, I love my wife. And so it gives us a metaphor. And here's what it says. You should love your wife like Christ loves the church, the body of the church, like he loves everyone who's saved, but also like he loves gospel of church. Well, how much does he love that? It goes on further, tells us that he laid down his life for the church. So guys, we should be willing to sacrifice ourselves, obviously as a living sacrifice, but even if, in the case of an ultimate sacrifice um, for our wives. Ephesians 5.28 says this. So all men who love their wives as their own bodies, he that loveth his wife loveth himself. Okay, good. So now from that verse and from Ephesians 5, 33, the Bible, the best way to describe it to a guy says, look, I want you to love your wife as much as you love yourself. 
ouch. I mean, God really like just puts it right there for us. Uh, but we have a self-preservation in us uh, that says, I, I love myself. Um, I want to take care of myself. I want to make sure that I have the things that I need. So if you'll take care of your wife like that, uh, then you can uh, take care of yourself uh, like that as well. Uh, love your wife as much as Jim Acosta loves Jim Acosta, right? Uh, now we we'll go to Colossians 3.19. Who has Colossians 3.19? Mm-hmm. Um, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Okay. So again, all of these are pointing towards uh, love. If we, uh, 1 Peter 3.7. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Okay. This is the first time that we've looked at this, and we don't have time to go into this, but when a couple has a good, strong relationship, your prayers are answered more effectively. Wow. So, if I'm, the closer I am to God the more effective, the Bible says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So the Bible tells us there, if I'm, the more righteous I am, the more powerful or effective my prayer is. This verse also tells us, and there's a couple of these things, about four or five things, that the more that we do these things, it makes our prayer more effective. This verse lays out for us that the closer or better our relationship is uh, with our spouse, um, our prayers are not hindered. In fact, they're empowered uh, because of that. If you take nothing away from this relationship, because if I was, or this series, um, if I was to ask you, okay, what have you learned over the last 11 weeks? Well, that's, that's hard and it's 11 weeks and uh, it's 77 days. I don't know what you're going to remember. But if you can take anything away from it, guys, please take this list right here, circle it, keep this one in your Bible for a month or two, look back on it a couple of times. Guys, these are the six things, these are the five things right here, sorry, that we should be doing and, 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 and looking out for and making sure that we're fulfilling in our spouse's uh, life here. Um, sometimes finances go different ways. Sometimes circumstances happen. Uh, family suffers loss. Someone dies. Hard things happen, whatever. But if you can keep these five things filled up in her life, uh, you can succeed biblically and according to what we've looked at uh, in being a good husband to your wife. So if you take nothing away from this series, I know there's a lot that we've, we've packed into these 11 weeks. Just please take away these lists and understand that we need to constantly check up. How am I doing these areas? How, come, how am I doing these areas? Because every one of us, myself, everybody, we all have a natural tendency to drift. And then you look around and one of the, one of the saddest things that I hear sometimes we do stuff, oh, that's so much fun, man. Me and my spouse, we haven't got you know to go out or whatever in months you know it's been it's been several months since we've had a night without the kids or several months since we've had and honestly half the reason why we do some of these things is i want to just create date nights and fun activities and different things for you guys because i know life gets busy and not everybody knows sitters and or has resources or whatever else um but make sure that we're not drifting in these areas ladies to turn our attention towards you here Initial needs of a husband. Fulfilling these one, two, three, four. Look at that five <laughs> needs. And we looked at four of these five uh, la- uh, throughout the course of this um, study. I wasn't brave enough to tackle one of them. So we looked at four of these five, okay? And so um, we, as, as you look through that list right there, um, and let's look at a couple of, there's one verse that I want to point out here. If you'll go to um, Proverbs 5.19. Proverbs 5.19.
This lays out the first one that we did not cover. Proverbs 5, 19 says this, let her be as the loving hind and the pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times and be thou ravished always with her love. So the Bible really lays it out there strongly for us uh, in understanding and fulfilling initial needs. Now, here's our rule about initial needs. Since it's an initial need, I cannot get upset with my spouse for needing or for desiring or for not uh, being happy when a need's not being fulfilled because I should know right away, look, these things are required, okay? It's like a battery and a toy, okay? In order for this to work, these things are required, these five things. So just know this about the spouse that you're in a relationship with. These are his five, these are her five. And again, if you take nothing away from these series, if you just have a decent understanding and a grasp of initial needs, I think you'll do very, very well and you can talk and work through almost anything. Let's look at these, this next uh, point here then as well. Understanding indispensable uh, needs. Indispensable needs. Understanding indispensable needs. What's an indispensable need? I'm going to use an example that, that guys can probably grasp pretty well. Uh, in sports... There is something called a franchise player, okay? Once you, when you find your franchise quarterback, that means that he's your quarterback you're looking at. We can, we can go through this the next 10 years. They are the cornerstone to your team. Uh, it's like picking up a LeBron James. It's like picking up a whoever else you may like in sports. Uh, it's, it's a big deal. And when you get this, you can build a lot around it, okay? So an indispensable need is like that. You're able to build around that. And if we can understand these, so let me give you a couple principles that I believe will be helpful. And we'll, we'll kind of go through these uh, more rapidly, but it'll give you a chance to look at them uh, later on here. An indispensable need. And you can write this at the top here. A spouse's, and you'll see this throughout the theme throughout here. A woman's indispensable need is this, and this is not to fill in a blank, but just write this out to the side there. Uh, and indis- a woman's indispensable need is love. Again, this goes back to Ephesians 5.33, right? And then a man's indispensable need is reverence. We're using the biblical word there, reverence. You could use the word respect if you wanted to. Uh, so love and reverence. Those are indispensable cornerstone needs that each spouse has. So let's look at a couple of principles about these indispensable needs. Uh, the first thing right there is they are different between a husband and a wife. If you didn't come into this series already knowing that there's a lot of differences uh, between a husband and a, and a wife, then now you know. And we've, we spent a couple months uh, helping you figure that out, right? So they are different uh, between a husband and wife. Then the second thing right here, your goal as a spouse should be to abundantly meet this need in his or her life to abundantly meet that need. What need are we talking about? Well, we're either talking about love for her or we're talking about respect for him. We're talking about one of those two things. Now, just as unfair as it would be for a guy to say, well, you know, she should have self-love and, you know, she should be self-reassured about that. It's just as unfair for a lady to say, well, you know, he should respect himself. I shouldn't have to show him respect in all those other things for him to feel fulfilled. He should be uh, more confident in all those other things. Okay, that's fine. But God has made men slighted towards not having enough 
uh, respect, and God has made ladies slighted towards not having uh, feeling enough love or security or confidence about love. And so that's why uh, a spouse needs to fulfill those things. This is why um, teenage girls, and some of you, if you're, if you're raising a girl, then just beware. Uh, teenage girls need to get love from their father because otherwise at 15 or so, they start to seek that from a different male. And a different male will gladly step in and try to fulfill that need. But dad, you probably won't like how that looks, okay? So if you don't want to see what that looks like, then make sure to, to date your daughter throughout those teenage years, making her feel special and fulfilling uh, that need, but in a good way, in a protected environment until she's ready to go out and to look for a guy who also respectfully fills that need like her dad does. Mm. What's the example that she's going to have to take out into a dating world one day? The example she'll have is watching you and mommy, but also watching how daddy lovingly uh, responds and and helps her and encourages her and nurtures her with affection. And if she doesn't have that, all of a sudden a girl at 16, 17 will go out to, why, did, why does she have to go out and find that where a guy doesn't have to? Because they're slighted towards needing that. When did that happen? It happened at the fall of man. So when sin entered into the world, we got personality faults and slights and insufficiencies. Mm. A personality or a, a, an insufficiency for ladies, according to this, is love. And so a spouse, a guy is supposed to step in and say, okay, here's where I can fulfill that need. On the guy's side, it's respect. You might say, well, I don't like that about myself. I think that I have enough for myself. According to the Bible, you were made to not have enough. But here's the great part, though. Now, all of a sudden, you do need a spouse in order to fulfill that need. If my wife was totally good on her own and she never needed anything from me, she would have no need for me to be in her life. But if she has needs that I can meet and that only I should meet, then all of a sudden I become valuable and appreciated whenever I meet those needs in her life. And so know this, that your spouse has areas where you can uh, uh, excite and help them uh, by fulfilling a certain need in their life. Does that make sense at all? And so just know that. And again, you see this play out and you see this play out in the genders. Why do guys go out and, and join gangs or try to find this? Because they're looking for some type of respect and quality and, and that they mean something somewhere. There's not, we don't have a huge problem of a bunch of 16-year-old girl gangsters, right? You just don't see that as often uh, because it's not as much of a need for a girl as it is for a guy. And so hopefully that analogy helps a little bit. Um, I know that uh, my, 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 for my dad and for my sister, for Anna, uh, they, Sonic, Sonic was their place. He'd take her to Sonic and they would get a drink and they'd talk about things and he would talk to her and ask her about school and reassure her and some things and, and help her uh, to build good qualities and a good frame of mind of what a good godly guy should be like in her life and hopefully setting that pattern for the future. And so try those things because they're important uh, for your daughter. Your focus here should be on your spouse. Your focus should be on your spouse. Obviously, meeting these primary needs, knowing how full or empty their love tank is um, on that need. Next there, your spouse should teach you how to meet this need. Now, here's the thing. If our needs are polar opposites, we might not understand. Guys, it might be okay to go to your wife and say, hey, look, I want to fulfill this need in your life of maybe one of these five things or the need for love that you have, but show me what that looks like. What, what, do, you, what do you like or what can, I, what can I do that will help you or be valuable or important to you? And I don't think that there's any shame in just saying, look, I want to be really good at this. Just tell me, lay it out for me because sometimes subtle hints don't work with your husband. 
Next, you must be teachable and seek understanding. Must be teachable and seek understanding. Since we've walked through this together for 11 weeks, we've probably hit a point where you thought in your mind, ooh, that's a point where I need to improve or tighten up or catch myself in the drift. You can do that or you can sort of dig in your heels and say like, I know that's, that's true, I just really don't want to. And both can happen. This is what happens, we're gonna look at this in a second, but when people start to withdraw and withhold from each other, that's what happens is people know what should be done, but they're digging in their heels and they're not wanting to do it. And all of us do it, okay? It's true. But understand that a good quality in anything, but especially in a relationship like this, is being teachable and seeking understanding. Uh, these needs are exclusive to your marital vow. These needs uh, should be exclusive to your marital vow. You don't have a fill in the blank there, so we'll keep moving here. These needs recur, recur frequently in your spouse's heart, okay? Pastor gave the joke that I thought was uh, pretty uh, good about uh, the, the, the older guy went into the pastor's office with his wife and this couple was probably in their 60s or so and she said you know he never tells me that he loves me you know and he never will show affection he never says those words to me and things like that and uh so the pastor turned to the husband and said is that true you don't tell her that or whatever and he said look look i told her on my wedding day that i loved her and if i ever change my mind I'll let her know. And so that obviously is a, a representation. But for, for a lady, it's going to recur, recur frequently that she needs to be assured and, and told that you love her. And uh, not because she's an insecure person, but because God has made her to want and to need and desire that from you. And that's not a bad desire. That's a great desire because it's a God-given desire. Same thing on the opposite side with guys. These needs are equal opposites. Equal opposites. In other words, just as much, guys, as you need this, she needs just as much this. No one has, you know, well, I need this more than she needs it. No, God's made us uh, equal, but they are at opposite uh, needs. These needs feed each other in a cycle of selfless giving. In a great relationship, and this should be our goal here, obviously, that all of us are working towards. It would be where a husband is fulfilling and loving his wife and doing those things uh, that, that make her fulfilled in their relationship. And a wife is reverencing and, and helping and fulfilling those needs as well. And it continues in a cycle where everyone is getting their needs met and we're happy and we continue along the way. Now, will that always happen? No. At some point, things drift or break down or stop or whatever. And we might need to pull off the side of the road and do a little bit of maintenance. But our goal should be that it's continually a good cycle of everyone getting those needs fulfilled. Here's the downside, though. These needs also can defeat each other in a cycle of withholding. We talked about this, and this is the selfless part of marriage. But whenever you feel like uh, he's not holding up his end of the deal or she's not holding up her end of the deal or whatever, it's natural for us to stop. Well, that's fine. If you're going to shortchange me, I'm going to shortchange you. And then all of a sudden, we have two people at a standstill. Whenever a, a relationship gets turned into counseling for the pastor's office, okay, nine times out of ten, uh, that's where they're at. They're both in a, in a standoff and uh, this person's withholding, this person's withholding. And at that point, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, everyone's going to say, well, this happened to, and all that doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter who went first or who stopped withholding first or whatever. The point is, is that both sides have decided that they're going to stop giving. And that's probably gone on. Sometimes that's gone on for months. Sometimes that's gone on for years, to be honest. And it, but it can't go on forever. Either it's going to break down or uh, it's their sides need to repent 
and it's going to start working again. There's only really two options there because people can only stay uh, in miserable, hopeless situations for so long, okay? So let's look at this, and this is the good part. We only have a couple minutes left, but that's okay. Um, if we were to get to this point, and this is our goal for everyone, when marriage meets irresistibility, when you just can't resist him, and he just can't resist you, right? There we go. So this is what that would look like. Meeting your spouse's needs abundantly is a biblical, God-honoring thing to do. It's a biblical, God-honoring thing to do. I think sometimes we think, okay, well, here's the Bible, and here's all spiritual things, and then here's the everyday life that we actually live in. And none of those things really, and this is just a great book of, you know, uh, Proverbs, you know, from thousands of years ago. And this is my actual life filled with social media and laundry and things like that are reality, okay? Uh, these things actually coincide greatly. The Bible has a lot to say about your finances, your workplace, your marriage, the rearing of your kids, all of those things. And so for me to fulfill my uh, wife's needs abundantly to where she is fulfilled, filling over with her needs being met, that is a biblical thing for me as a Christian to do. Next, meeting my spouse's needs abundantly is the best way to keep uh, his or her heart strongly bound to you. Strongly bound to you. Keeping someone close in that intimacy. And then lastly, meeting your spouse's needs abundantly is the best way to have your own needs met. So if you're looking for a selfish intent there as well, uh, then that is, then it's not always selfish because everyone needs to have needs fulfilled and met. Uh, you need you have you have needs uh, that need to be met at work, okay? Uh, namely, you need to probably get paid for your work, right? Uh, but we have needs to get met in every arena of our life. This is an arena, hopefully, that we're getting better in and that we're working on. So I want to leave you with these two things right here, okay? And that is husband. This is your reminder and our summary for the whole lesson here. Husband, romance your wife's heart, and then write this down right there as big as you can. Pursue her. This is really good. Get this out of the, 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 the uh, series, if you could. That is pursue her. Guys, put back on your running shoes. Uh, chase her again. Do things for her. And every guy needs this reminder because we all get busy and we all drift and we all move on to other priorities or other things. And guys tend to like to finish a job's completed and move on to the next job. This job is a job that will never be completed uh, until someone dies, and hopefully of, of natural causes, not because you caused it. Uh, but we're pursuing, we're pursuing, we're pursuing our wife, we're pursuing her. So hopefully, over the last eleven weeks, guys, I've encouraged you to say to get to get back in the game. Say I'm going to go after it again. You can do it. You can be encouraged. You can pursue your wife, and you can go after that. Wives, romance your husbands physically. And you can write that down. Seduce him. What does that mean? It just means to pursue his heart as well, okay? Like you used to. What am I asking you to do? I'm asking you just to return to what you were when you were dating. Uh, I saw a quote that's very, very true that uh, the devil uh, seeks to uh, have people be as intimate as possible before they're married and then uh, as little intimacy as possible after they're married. And then isn't that true? And it's a formula for disaster. Uh, but we need to continue, guys, to pursue her and to go after that. And ladies, we need to be willing to continue, uh, like we did before, to be willing to seduce him, right? And uh, with all of the things that we have. Okay, so um, you can be dismissed into the next thing there. We have prayer uh, this week, uh, anytime, uh, 6.30 to 8. We'll put reminders out there, things like that on Facebook and stuff. But if you would like to stop by, we'd love to have you. Thank you very much. You guys are dismissed.